Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Let's give the Lord another great hand clap of praise. Amen. We're excited about what the Lord is doing. Thankful for a great service this morning and believing God to do great things tonight. Thankful for two baptized in Jesus' name this morning. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. Praise God. As you're turning with me in your Bibles to uh, the book of Psalms, chapter number 119 and verse 62, and then to Acts 16, amen. I want to remind you, if you volunteer for any ministry here at the church, if you serve in any ministry this Tuesday night at Fergan Dan's Pizza on 30 Highway, just this side of Oxford, is our dinner for all of our volunteers from 5 to 8. We'd like for you to come by. If you volunteer for any ministry, uh, we'd like for you to come by between 5 and 8 on Tuesday night at Fergan Dance. Please remember that. Of course, we have our Christmas program later this week, and we're looking forward to that. Uh, continue our Bible study on Wednesday night on Is Christ in Christmas? So that's going to be taking place at 715 Wednesday night here at the church. Amen. I understand Brother Billy Joyner is going to turn 80 years old tomorrow. Happy birthday, Brother Billy. Amen. And I said Brother Billy, and people were looking around. If I have said Uncle Billy, everybody would have known. Amen. Happy birthday to Brother Joyner. Amen. While you're turning, while you're turning to your Bibles, we've got a, a request to pray for Sister Becky Goldman. She is, she's really struggling with COVID right now. And so we're going to pray for her right now. Can we do that? Lord, in Jesus' name, we thank you because you hear and answer prayer. God, I pray for Sister Becky Goldman for healing virtue in her body. God, I rebuke that sickness and the cause of it, and I thank you for healing. I thank you, God, for touching her and raising her up and giving her your strength tonight. And, Lord, for answered prayer according to your word and spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. One verse in Psalms chapter 119 and verse number 62. And then we will go to Acts 16. Psalms 119 and 62. The psalmist said, at midnight, I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. At midnight, I will rise to give thanks unto thee. Look at somebody and tell them at midnight. Tell them I'm going to give thanks at midnight. Acts 16 and 25. Read verse 25 and 26. If you found it, say amen. And at midnight. And at midnight. Paul and Silas prayed. Everybody say they prayed. And sang praises unto God. Say they sang praises. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations 
of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. Look at somebody and tell them it happened at midnight. I want to preach for a little while tonight about a midnight revival. A midnight revival. Lord, I pray that you would anoint me to preach, anoint ears to hear. Let the word be mixed with faith. God, I pray, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to destroy every yoke in this place. Speak your word, O God. Confirm it with signs following. Lord, show yourself alive tonight by many infallible proofs. I ask you, God, Lord, to show your glory here tonight. Do a mighty work of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. And you can be seated in Jesus' name. During the Second World War, while the entire world was entangled in this terrible conflict, it became a race at who would develop the atomic bomb first. The United States project was called the Manhattan Project. It was the American scientific program tasked with the development of the atomic bomb. The Manhattan Project was a multifaceted group that interfaced military, political, academic, and espionage organizations together for the cause of developing the bomb to end the Great War. One of the groups that assisted in the development of this weapon was known as the Chicago Atomic Scientists. The Chicago Atomic Scientists were contracted to help to work out the science related to atomic and nuclear fission. After the atomic bombs were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki in Japan, bringing the war finally to its end, the Chicago atomic scientists began publishing an annual bulletin and they renamed themselves the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists. In 1947, the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists began tracking world events, and they made an annual publication of what they called the Doomsday Clock. Every January of every year since 1947, the atomic scientists have published the doomsday clock. It represents the likelihood of a human-made global catastrophe. It is generally moved forward or backward based on geopolitical events such as wars and other types of international conflicts. Midnight is the hypothetical end of the world due. Presumably ending in a global thermonuclear war. In the 76 years since its inception, the doomsday clock's hands 
have been moved either forward or backward 25 times. Most recently, in January of this year, the hand was moved to 90 seconds to doomsday. This time represents the closest that the human race has been to annihilation since keeping the doomsday clock. At the time of the last adjustment this past January, it was in response to the Russian war against Ukraine. Since that time, the world has been rocked by the additional Hamas-Israeli conflict. It is expected by most experts that the doomsday clock will be moved even nearer to midnight at the beginning of 2024 than it's ever been before. There is no more foreboding time of day as midnight. Midnight in our culture has a dreadful connotation. Midnight is dark and dreary. Midnight brings images of depression and evil. The image of the clock striking midnight is a, in a scary story is symbolic of present evil and the end of hope. Midnight is the middle of darkness. It's been a long time since the sun set, and it will be a long time until it rises again. Metaphorically, midnight is the most hopeless time of the day. These are precisely the reasons why the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists use midnight as the metaphor for total catastrophe. Likewise, the Bible speaks often of calamity taking place at midnight. In Exodus 12, it was at midnight that the firstborn of all of Egypt was slain and every home was filled with sorrow. It happened at midnight. In 1 Kings, the Bible tells us of two harlots who shared a house. They both had small baby boys. One of the mothers, in her sleep, accidentally rolled over and laid on top of her child and smothered the baby in the night. And the Bible said that at midnight, she took her dead baby and laid it by the other woman and took the living baby for herself. And it happened at midnight. In Job chapter 34, the Bible said that the people shall be troubled at midnight. In Acts 20, it was at midnight that the young man Eutychus fell out of a third story window and died at midnight. In Acts 27, it was at the midnight hour when the sailors took the depth of the sea in the storm. And the Bible said that these experienced sailors aboard the ship in the storm at midnight, the Bible said they wished for the day. It's been illustrated that midnight has negative connotations. 
both from ancient sources and modern sources. At midnight, the expectation of a morning sunrise is but a distant hope. There is a sense of hopelessness and despair that seizes at midnight. At midnight, it's when your faith is attacked. At midnight is when hope grows weary and tired. May I tell you that fear and anxiety rule the night. There is an overwhelming, foreboding sense of evil at the midnight hour. Midnight in life comes in different ways and forms. Trials and tests of life often seem like a midnight hour experience. Circumstances and problems often feel like midnight. Midnight takes many forms. Maybe it's marriage problems. Maybe it's problems with your children. Maybe it's a health report. Perhaps it's a financial situation. Maybe it's an emotional struggle. Perhaps it's a spiritual struggle. But regardless, it feels often like the midnight hour. The valleys of life bring despair and fear. I'm preaching to somebody tonight. In the darkness of midnight, it's difficult to find your way. You're not sure what's in front of you. You don't know what may be lurking nearby. It is uncertainty and not knowing what the shadows hold that brings the fear and anxiety of midnight. It's when the doctor gives you a report and you don't know how it's going to turn out. It's when the bills keep showing up in the mailbox and you don't know how they're going to be taken care of. It's when the stress and anxiety reach a point and you just don't have an answer and you don't know what to do. Midnight is a discouraging moment of life. When the doctor's report is worse than expected, when the financial situation just keeps getting deeper and deeper, and the boss says they don't need you anymore, when your spouse has crushed your heart and your spirit, I'm preaching about midnight tonight, the deepest, darkest, loneliest point of life. But I have not come tonight to this pulpit to glorify the midnight hour. I've not come to brag on how terrible midnight is. I've not come to raise your anxiety levels about the end of the world or to bring your attention to the difficulties you're facing. What I have come to do is this. I've come to this pulpit tonight to tell somebody that it might be midnight, but there is a miracle at the midnight hour. Oh, I wish somebody that believed it or hoped for it would just say praise the Lord right now. God does some of his best work at the midnight hour. Paul and Silas were in the prison at the midnight hour. 
locked up in stocks and in chains. Hope of freedom was a long shot at the best. Lurking in the darkness of the prison were all kinds of horrible things. They were wounded from their beatings. They were soon to be executed. It was the midnight hour for them. The ominous chimes of the clock were about to sound, not only time-wise, but spiritually, emotionally, and physically. It appeared that there was no escape or relief from the imminent trouble. Nothing good happens at midnight. But on this night, there was a miracle at the midnight hour. Oh, hallelujah. It was at midnight when the ground began to shake and the walls began to tremble, the foundations of the prison were shaken at the midnight hour. Maybe somewhere in the deep darkness of the prison, the midnight chime began to sound from the deep recesses of the dungeon while water dripped incessantly in the background and rats run across their feet while the groans and the sighs of the doomed were heard throughout the night while the infestations of lice made the prison interminable, depression, palpable, hopelessness, tangible. But at the midnight hour, God began to move one more time. Oh, God. I know that God is a God of the sunrise. Jesus got up at the dawning of the third day. So I know God can work at the sunrise. And I know that God works at the third hour because it was at the third hour of the day when the Holy Ghost was poured out in the upper room. And I know that he works at the sixth hour because it was at the sixth hour he sat on a well when a woman of ill repute came, despised, hated, and rejected. And by the time she left, she had met the Messiah, the Savior of the world at the sixth hour. I know he's a sunrise God. And I know he's a third hour God. And I know he's a sixth hour God. I also know he's a ninth hour God. It was at the ninth hour that Peter and John were going to the temple and saw a man lame from his mother's womb. And they said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk and at the ninth hour his ankle bones received strength and at the ninth hour he leaped up and began to praise God. I know he's a sunrise God and I know he's a third hour God, a sixth hour God and a ninth hour God but I don't know if he's a midnight hour God or not. I know that when the sunrise comes, I know he can move then. I know he can move as the sun's ascend, sun ascends above the horizon. But can God move in the darkness of my midnight when I can't see my way and I can't see any light and I can't see? Can God still work but while others groaned at midnight? While others sighed at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. It's not the clock. It 
it was not the clock that brought the revival. It was not the clock that brought the miracle. The only thing that happened was when the clock struck 12, prayer and worship began to rise up out of that prison. Can I tell you that your miracle is not based on the clock? Your miracle is based on your prayer and on your worship. I believe he would have moved at six if they had prayed and sang praises. I believe they would have moved at seven or eight or nine or ten or eleven. But somehow at that midnight hour, they got it within themselves to say, I'm not just going to stay if I'm going to be in prison. I'm going to make the jailer hear everything I say. Oh, I wish somebody would give him praise right now. I wish somebody would worship him. Amen. It was at the midnight hour. Somebody say it was at the midnight hour. Somebody say it was at the midnight hour. They didn't just let the clock do all the noise making. They didn't just let the clock do all the chiming. But at midnight, they decided the clock can make the noise I can make the noise. And they began to pray. I'm going to tell you the best thing you can do in your midnight hour is have yourself an old-fashioned, Holy Ghost-filled, apostolic prayer meeting. Oh, I wish somebody would praise God right now. The best thing you can do at midnight is get your prayer voice back. I'm not going to let the chime of the clock be louder than my voice in prayer. God, I need revival. God, I need revival. God, I need re- God, I need a move of the Holy Ghost right now. I wish somebody'd cry out to him. While others groaned at midnight, while others complained at midnight, while some cursed at midnight, while some simply gave up and went to sleep at midnight. Paul and Silas had a different response to their midnight. Verse 25, and at midnight, everybody say at midnight. Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. I'm going to tell you, when you're desperate at midnight, you don't care who hears you pray and you don't care who hears you worship. They sang and the prisoners heard them. Why would you care what a prisoner thinks about your prayer? You ought to just lift your voice. I, if, I, if I were at a midnight hour right now and I needed a miracle and a breakthrough, whether it was in my body, in my mind, in my family, in my money, I wouldn't care what anybody thought about me. I'd just begin to pray and sing at midnight. How you respond to your midnight will determine how God responds to your midnight. I'm going to say that again. How you respond to your midnight will determine how God responds to your midnight. I've seen people go through difficulty and trials in life and just give up, shut down. But at midnight is not the time to give up. Midnight is the time to pray and sing praises unto God because he isn't only a sunrise God. 
He's not only, a, some people only have a sunrise God. They can only work when the sun's coming up. Some people only have a daylight God that as long as the sun's shining bright, everything's good. But my God's not just a God of the morning and a God of the afternoon. My God is the God of my midnight hour when I don't know what's coming next and I don't know what to do and I don't have an answer. I just begin to pray and worship God. He does some of his best work at midnight. Amen. Lift your hands. I, I, I feel like I'm reaching for somebody. I feel like I'm reaching for somebody that feels like they're at a midnight hour in some area of their life. Come on, just let, 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 let's just flow in the Holy Ghost for a minute. Hallelujah. I just feel like I'm preaching to somebody that you feel like you've exhausted all hope. You've exhausted every avenue. You've exhausted every opportunity. You've done everything you can do, and here you are at midnight still in stocks and in chains. You've tried your very best to obey God. You've tried your very best to do your very best. And here you are at midnight, and you don't know what's coming next. I'm going to tell you what's coming next. You ought to just lift your voice and begin to pray and begin to sing praises unto God because your midnight hour is when God does his best work, when God moves in the prison. at mid Anybody can have a day like God, but not anybody can have a midnight God. It's not just enough to just pray. And it's not enough just to sing. I know some people when they're going through the trial, they pray and they pray and pray, but they never seem to find a praise. And I know other people, that they can go through a trial and they can dance and shout and worship and try to earn deliverance that way, but they never stop and pray. But if you really want a midnight revival, if we really want to see God do what only God can do, we've got to be a people of prayer and we've got to be a people of worship. There should never be a time when our prayer room is silent before we come to church. Can I get an Amen. I said there should never be a time when our prayer room is dead and quiet. If we're serious about a midnight revival, we got to have a midnight prayer meeting. Amen. And there should never be a time when we have to fight to get people to stand and praise and worship God because people that know how to have revival at midnight are people that are connected to the act of prayer and the act of praise. It's the key to a midnight revival. Something happens. Oh, God, I want to slow down. But I, I, I got this, for whatever reason, I feel this anxiety to, 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 to press and go fast. But, but, but I just got to tell you for a minute, amen, that something supernatural happens when prayer and praise come from your most difficult moments of life. There's something supernatural that happens when the enemy learns that he can do his dead level best to silence a child of God and even midnight isn't enough to stop a child of God. 
I've got them in a bind. I've got them in a prison. I've got them locked up and chained up. I've got soldiers all around. I've got the prison locked down, and I still can't get them to quit praying and singing praise to God. There's something supernatural that happens to when somebody that's been knocked down, that's been beat up, that's been abused by the devil, but they still reach out in the middle of their midnight and say, I love you, Jesus. I believe you. There was, there was something powerful about Job when he was at the very bottom. But he said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. There's something really... There's something released in the spirit when somebody at midnight says, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know the answer. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I still trust you. Because prayer and praise are acts of faith. That say, I trust the one I'm talking to. I, I trust, I, I, because I believe in him, I worship him even when all the odds are against me. Something happens. Oh God. Something supernatural is released. When there's a sacrifice of praise. Anybody can talk in tongues on the way to the bank after they got the check out of the mailbox they weren't expecting. Oh, Shonda de Bahia, I got my blessing. Anybody can do that. Anybody can walk out of the doctor's office when the doctor says, hey, everything looks good, praise God. And you can say, praise God, thank you, Lord. But my question is, if it's midnight, if it's the darkest, most hopeless moment of your life, when it looks like all hope is gone at the midnight hour, can you still say, God, you're still my God. You give, you take away. Whatever happens, I trust you. Whatever you do, I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to get out of here. I'm going to serve you as long as I've got breath in my body. I'm going to serve you. There's a revival at the midnight hour. I wish somebody would praise him right now, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. I wish somebody would tell him, I love you, Jesus, not because it's noon, but because it's midnight. Midnight to us is the most depressing. But to the kingdom of darkness, it's the middle of a joy time. When I'm winding down, going to bed, the world's just getting crunked up. And I don't even think crunked up is a word, but I just made it one. I'm not the first one to invent words tonight. When circumstances are all pointing towards my demise, all the reports say I should just give up and let go. 
That's what Job's wife said. Just curse God and die. Just go ahead and get it over with. What's the point? Look at all you've suffered. Just, just go ahead and throw in the towel and give up. He said, you speak like a foolish woman. I'm going to tell you, anybody that tells you to give up is a fool. And don't let foolish people influence your prayer life and your worship. Amen. You hear what I'm saying? Anybody that tells you to walk away from holiness is speaking like a fool. Don't you listen to them. Anybody that says give up on your worship, don't you listen to them. Anybody that says give up being faithful, don't you. They're speaking like a fool and you don't need to take a fool's advice. Do what Job said the Lord gives. The Lord takes away, but blessed be his name. I'm going to worship him. After losing it all, I'm still going to worship him. There's a revival at the midnight hour for some. I've come to prophesy. There's a revival at the midnight hour for somebody. All the reports say you should give up and let go. It's a waste of time to pray. When it looks like, there's o- like it's over and there's no way out. When the enemy of your soul stands with bated breath because he feels he has stolen your last vestige of hope and your praise from your lips at midnight. But you take that shackled hand and somehow you raise it and the chain up to God, even at midnight. When you say no matter what happens, God still deserves my worship. If I don't get the job, if I don't get the good report, If the check doesn't come to the mailbox, I'm still going to worship God because there's a miracle at the midnight hour. Amen. And when they began to worship and to praise God, it began not just to affect them, but it it affected everyone in the prison. At midnight, when it seemed like there was no hope, God showed up. But I didn't just come here to preach about your personal circumstances. And situations and your personal midnight. But back to the original story I told about the doomsday clock and how close the world is to midnight. When you listen to the news and read the reports about the condition of the world, when your mind is overwhelmed by Russia and Ukraine and Hezbollah and Hamas and Iran and Israel, and all the other situations going on in the world, and it's all about conflict and trouble and trials and the end of the world, I just want to remind you again that there is a revival at the midnight hour. Amen. The Bible does indeed say that there will come a time where there will be a great falling away. But the same Bible that prophesies of a great falling away also says the glory of the latter house will be greater than that of the former house. And the Bible that said there'll be a great falling away is the same exact Bible that said it will be the former and the latter reign together. I'm not just looking for midnight. I'm looking for the greatest revival the world has ever seen at the midnight hour. There's a revival 
Don't let current events throw your faith away. Don't let politics and wars and terrorism and humanism and wokeism and perversion and any other symptom of the midnight hour that this world is going through. Don't let not one of them ever get you to stop praying, God, send revival. God, send revival. Send it to my workplace. Send it to my school. Send it to my street. Send it to my family. Send it to my grandchildren. Send it to my children. Send it to my folks. God, send revival. Send it to the schoolhouse. Send it to the prison house. Send it to the White House. Send revival. God, Come on, I'm trying to preach some faith into somebody right now. This is our time, folks. This is our time. This is our moment. It's revival at the midnight hour. But will, will there be a Paul? And will there be a Silas that will pray and sing praise at the midnight hour? I try to stay away from too much social media, news. I was, I was riding around with a bunch of preachers a couple days ago, and they were talking about all these people they listened to, all these political pundits and stuff, and that's fine if that's what they want to do. I listen to those people. I get depressed. I think about... I, I don't know. I, I try to steer clear of as much of that as I can, personally. I'm not telling you you have to. I'm not preaching this as doctrine. I'm not even suggesting it, suggesting it to you. It's just the way I look at it, for me. I, I just like, every time I listen to that, I'm thinking, man, we have no hope at all. We have no hope at all. Open up a news app, and it's all about how everything's terrible. The economy's terrible. Politicians are terrible. Geopolitical situation's terrible. Future's terrible. Everything's terrible. But you cannot let the negative voices of this world discourage you from praying and praising God for a revival at the midnight hour. You cannot let your chains and your prison bars and your captors know that they can take your praise. Amen. Now, let me say what I was going to say a couple of minutes ago. I, I try not to watch too many other churches' online stuff. Because I, 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 I just don't. But the, the, but the few times that I, and I'm not telling you not to. I'm just saying that I try, because a lot of times when I tune in, they are some of the most negative people in the world. I almost have to watch the news to get picked up from some of that stuff they say. The last thing this world needs is people who are supposed to be Jesus' name baptized, Holy Ghost filled, coming to church, and acting like there's no hope and no future and no God and no Holy Ghost and no move of the Spirit and no gifts of the Spirit and no outpouring of the Spirit. I've come to tell you, this is the finest moment in all of history for all of God's people. If you'll pray and worship at midnight, the prison house is going to shake. There's a shaking coming to this world. A good Holy Ghost. I wish somebody praised God for it right now. 
I wish somebody that needed it would just begin to stand to your feet and raise your hand and say, God, I'm going to listen to what you're telling me through that man of God. Midnight, stand with me. Midnight is not the time for prayerlessness or to abandon praise. When people walk through the doors of Jesus' name, one God, spirit-filled, holiness church, the last thing they need to see are people who have lost their prayer and their praise. The last thing they need at the midnight hour is a generation of believers that think that God is only a sunrise God or a third hour, or sixth hour, or ninth hour God. But when we come in this place, we know full well that we serve a God that is able to move at the midnight hour. And as dark as the world is, it's not too dark for God. And as bad as the world is, it's not so bad that God can't do something. But I'm asking you, are you going to be that midnight hour church? Are you going to be that midnight hour bride that has oil in your lamps? Amen. The, 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 the Bible, the parable tells us the parable that Jesus said was at the midnight hour the bridegroom came and half of the virgins had oil and half had no oil. My question is which group are we going to be in? What kind of, what kind of group are we going to be? Are we going to be the ones that let our oil run dry at midnight because we gave up hope that he was ever going to show up? Or are we going to be the kind that raise our hands at midnight and say, God, I'm ready to be used to the Holy Ghost. I'm ready to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Do I have any midnight hour revivalists in the house? Amen. I'm not just ask, I'm not asking if a midnight priest. I'm saying a midnight revivalist, somebody that believes that now is the time for God to do a work in your family, for God to do a work in your children, in your grandchildren, in mom and dad. Like you believe that now, come on, I want you to make your way forward and I want you to lift your hands. If you're a midnight hour revivalist, I want you to come with your hands lifted. We're getting ready to have a midnight prayer meeting. I wonder if there's somebody that can lift your voice and say, God, move. I know it's midnight, but move. I know it's a dark time, but move, God. I know the world's a mess, but I believe you. curiosity is there anybody here that over the last week or two 
the thought has come to your mind, it's hopeless. Whatever about any whatever the situation might be, it's hopeless. Come on, I see one or two hands, three, four, five. I see hands all over the place. God spoke to you tonight. Not because I'm the preacher, because I preach the word of God. That it's not hopeless at midnight. If you raised your hand, we're not going to ask you to say what it's about. We're not going to ask you. But if you raised your hand a minute ago, I want you just to kind of press your way in close. You're not going to have to do anything but come and lift your hands and pray. you didn't raise your hands, but you lied and you should have, I want you to go ahead and come on too. We're about to have a midnight hour prayer meeting here. Look, nobody, listen to me just for a minute, nobody knows desperation like another desperate person. So you're standing here surrounded. You're not alone. I don't have to know what your situation is exactly. But I know a midnight working God. So I want you to link up with somebody close to you. You're not going to have to tell them anything. I just want you to begin praying together and believing for a miracle, for a revival at midnight. Begin to pray, God, this is my midnight hour. Maybe, maybe you, maybe somebody up here, God laid them on your heart. And you need to work your way through the crowd to come join them to help them pray. God, I'm believing you for a midnight move of the Holy Ghost. God, you know the obstacles, the trials the circumstances, the situations. God, you know the stress. You know the hopelessness. You know the fear. You know the disease. You know the sickness. You know the financial circumstance. You know how many times they failed and got up and failed and got up. You know how many times they tried to break free and they just felt like they couldn't. And so God, here we've come at midnight here we stand at midnight if you don't open the prison it won't be opened if you don't break the chains they won't be broken if you don't shake the house it's not going to be shaken oh that's right come on talk to God the Holy Ghost is here you can have a midnight revival somebody on your heart I want you to move around and find them 
It might be your prayer that pushes it over the top for it. Somebody's got to know you're not alone at midnight. Thank God that Paul had Silas and Silas had Paul. God, I'm believing you for a breakthrough. I'm believing you for an outpouring of joy. I'm believing you to send peace, God. I'm believing you for healing virtue. I'm believing you to make a way where there seems to be no way. God, if you can bring kingdoms down, and if you can change the hearts of kings, change the rain to sunshine and the sunshine to rain then God you can move here right now at midnight for somebody pray a few more minutes. Sometimes we're so quick to move on from prayer to praise, but prayer is where it begins. God, you're able to reach where my hand can't reach. God, you're able to touch that loved one where, my, where I can't get to them right now, but God, your spirit knows right where they are. So, God, I'm praying, Lord, for you to do it, Lord. I need my midnight revival, God. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. God, move for your people. These are your men and women and young people. God, these are people called by your name. These are people filled by your spirit, God. You promise to make them the head and not the tail. You promise to open heaven and pour a blessing. God, I'm looking for the revival at midnight, Lord. that you give peace tonight. God, where somebody's tossed and turned and haven't had a good night's rest for days and weeks, I pray, God, let there be peace.
let your angelic host go with your people tonight. Let the oil of your anointing be like a salve upon their mind and spirit. Sometimes you have to linger in his presence. Sometimes you just need to linger in his presence and not get in a rush to go on to the next phase. You just need to be patient and let the Holy Ghost do its work.
Aleluia Very often and I'm, I'm very often when we transition to praise we just begin to sing words because we know the words we just kind of sway with the music because that's what we do he's getting ready to sing a chorus and when he starts to sing the chorus I want you to think about the words okay and when you lift your hands I want you to think about the Savior that you're lifting your hands to not music for music's sake but music for connection's sake does that make sense? song to myself to encourage me but it's a song to him to praise him at my midnight hour because it, it takes the focus off of me and it puts it on him can you lift your hands when Ethan's going to sing a chorus you're welcome to lay your hand on somebody if you want to but I just I don't, I don't want to leave without just Singing a praise song at
peace doesn't come from outside. It comes from within. It's righteousness, joy, peace, and the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you have that peace tonight? Thank God for peace at midnight.